0: Yeah, it's so good it's so
1: bad that it's the that is the wrong answer actually
2: <laughs> it's just a wild rock
1: i am feeling this yeah 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 all of them what are you talking yourself into i'm tried to talk myself into that
0: this
2: is what this podcast is for we're also trying to talk you into it
0: Thank you for listening to Talk Me Into, the podcast where a group of friends try to talk each other, and maybe even you, into liking what we like. This episode, it's Record Roundtable, Part 2. My name's Dan, and I know I'm old because I just used a dry cleaner for the first time. (laughs) My
2: name is Jeff, and I worked at a fast food chain with my friend Adam. When the franchise sent us promotional t-shirts, we would soak them in water, shape them into weapons and armor, and put them in the freezer. An hour later, frozen t-shirt wars were declared, and we beat the
1: shit out of each other with icy clothing swords. My name is Jimmy, and when I was first sorted in choir, I was a soprano. I was very excited and my mom told me I probably shouldn't be telling everybody
0: <laughs> was it a sorting hat like what? no they have you like sing a scale and they yeah. determine what range you are oh. and the reason why we're laughing is because soprano is the highest female voice part oh that's funny I thought it was like a TV show
2: thing nope.
1: no wow. that's really good yeah. yeah I had a high voice
0: t-shirt wars yeah dude, that's it, a classic it, one I've heard was, that story do you remember that Dan yeah. Dude, weren't was... you pushing each other around on carts? So too? it got to the point. So in order to make the
2: shields, we would take these huge bowls, which we usually mix tuna in, turn them upside down, lay the, the t-shirt, t-shirt over it over it to form like a bowl. And then when you could kind of like grab some of the cloth and warm it up as like a handle. Um, So we would use that. We would make helmets to like wrap on our head and the swords. And then one time. Um, there was a cart that's made for like pushing the bread from the refrigerator to the The ovens and, uh, we use it as a horse and we went into battle and we jousted with each other and that hurts really bad. Like me and Adam, (laughs) Adam and I, uh, bruised each other pretty badly. Like we had to make a no head rule because it was bad. It was very icy. Wow. Very cold. Then it got very damp very stinky
0: jeff yes you wanted to talk a little bit this week about how people can connect with us besides the usual means of you know talk me into at yeah. gmail.com and twitter and all that
1: you know if you feel so inclined
0: well uh jimmy's a soprano
2: i just heard oh. and if you want to hear a little <laughs> little baby cousin jimmy's high-pitched voice go to patreon.com slash talk me into we just uploaded a clip uh, a month ago now if you're listening to this when this episode comes out of Jimmy at 13 years old calling into uh, an internet radio show that Dan and I hosted back in 2008. And it is very comical. <laughs> yeah, like it was like striking gold. You know, there's like, there's some audio I know that exists somewhere on this planet that I lost. Like stuff on a computer that I recorded when I was in high school. Yeah. Or like stuff on cassette I recorded when I was like 10. I would kill whole that stuff. Yeah. But like we
0: have this of jimmy <laughs> and you went through hours of archives tracking down every went, moment that little baby jimmy called into our eight radio months show. of it and the th- we
2: also have a friend jimmy and we had dan's other cousins would call in so some of the files are like jimmy calls in some are dan's cousin calls in. i'm like i found so much but it's it wasn't all him so i had to sort through everything um, and we found it.
0: We found clips of Jimmy. You got the
1: little pearls.
0: And Jimmy, how do you feel that this is hitting the internet once again?
1: Oh, <laughs> I hate it. It's yeah, so bad. It's live. So so I did not. You know want to talk. see
0: the embarrassment and feel the cringes. <laughs> you better sign up for our Patreon. patreon.com what levels do so they have to be to usually
2: uh, audio stuff because we also put up our band society and breakdown we had an ep in 2005 uh the monsters are doing maple street it was twilight zone themed that's usually the three dollar tier but just because it's funny we made this available for one dollar
1: thanks for that you're welcome
2: <laughs> by we i mean i i made the executive decision and i told you guys i, I fully this is support gonna be it cheap because this needs to be heard
1: <laughs> that i have no clue for <laughs>
2: Every episode of Talk Me Into, we try to talk each other into things. Cool things, fun things, happy things. Yeah. Fun things again. And sometimes we try to talk ourselves into things. Like, I'll talk myself into something throughout the week. And uh, Jimmy might do the same Eh. for himself. Dan might also do the same for himself. No. And some things aren't successful. Dan was trying to talk himself into gardening, and I heard that didn't go well. Sure didn't. They're not all (laughs) success stories, fellas. We're just... uh, we're trying here. Um, this week, I'm trying to talk myself back into something that I was a huge fan of, um, I don't know, 10 years ago or so. That is Big Finish Doctor Who Audio Adventures. Oh, yeah. That's right. It's a huge part of Doctor Who's uh extended universe. And it, it started in the wilderness years when Doctor Who wasn't on television. The wilderness years? And they had a... They had the actual Doctors uh, perform just stories mm-hmm. and audio, and they're really well produced. And as time has gone on, they've grown. They've done a lot of crazy crossovers. What I got into, I got into this because I was intrigued at the Eighth Doctor and that period in between mm. the two series because there wasn't a lot on television with him. So I listened to, I mean, he has so much audio, but they did like a
0: season structure for a
1: Remind while. me, which one is the Eighth? Paul McGann, yeah, he had just one movie, and that was it.
0: It was the one right before before, Eccleston, right before Eccleston that you've
2: seen. And I, I listened to three or four seasons of that, and there was there was his companion Lucy Miller, who then uh, flash forward to 2013, the 50th anniversary episode on television. Stephen Moffat name dropped her, so now she's officially canon, which is awesome. Um, And David Tennant recently started doing some, so they get like um, Tom Baker came back. And he was doing audios. I listened to some of those. And now I'm getting into the David Tennant stuff because he's a great doctor. Yeah, And he's, uh, they're doing, they have, I think he has two or three volumes or seasons, as they call it. And each season is three stories, which are about, I don't know, an hour, or two hours long. So uh, I just started listening to that. It's good. It's, you listen at work? I, I, it's a new job, so I'm not listening to stuff. But like on my commute, I'm listening yeah. to mm-hmm. it.
1: Um, Where are these available?
2: This is is available you can buy the physical cds but they are available to download uh by paying for them uh, uh, big Finish's website gotcha which i i've done to that in great britain
1: pounds yeah is what i've done makes sense
2: and uh great yeah britain pounds <laughs> pounds sir sterling yeah uh, that's that's how i bought them and they're really good Just yeah i have to support them yeah it's well produced it's fun I'm stuff. interested
1: because they've I, I know for a fact that they've always been like big things for Doctor Who like they didn't they have like radio serials too when the, yeah, when the show all, was B, early on uh,
2: BBC also does stuff but they're not as good yeah um, and like but they also do stuff that's like the 12th Doctor Adventures as read by this person because like Peter Capaldi yeah. isn't doing anything yet I'm yeah. sure he will because like he's Hope so, a yeah. Doctor Who fan but like this is a, a drought year there's no season this year so I'm trying to get my Doctor Who fix somehow <sighs> mm. Um some doing that jimmy loud obnoxious what are you talking yourself into this week (laughs) this week
1: i I have not done anything yet but i am considering talking myself into buying new recording equipment
2: oh yeah to make it Uh, sound even better well then we already
1: do probably not for the majority of us i would like I'd like it personally just for me. Um mm. because to as much as I'd worse. love No, as, I get it, I get it. As much as I'd love to improve the sound quality of Talk Me Into. Um right now I, I basically have all my recording equipment in my uh bespoke post bag, the weekender bag. Not a sponsor. Not a sponsor. Um but <clears throat> it's kind of annoying sometimes to take out my um my uh my audio interface out, trying to take my microphone out, my my scissor arm out. So I would like to just have stuff that's always on my uh, desktop, my my computer desktop. Um, so I'm considering getting a Shure SM7B, which is- Yes, our,
2: exactly. That's what I was going to suggest.
0: Yeah. That's that easy to transport.
1: One. It is easy to transport, but um, I also don't want all of us to sound different too. I don't want to sound super good while you guys sound already pretty good, but not as good.
0: Just buy three Shure SM7s.
1: Yeah, no, those are expensive. They're. Uh, I'm not going to say the price. You can look them up if you want to, but it's a little bit of embarrassing. Uh, We're going to need a lot more wanna... patrons for that. Yeah, exactly. Um, so Our I'm patrons looking... have
2: doubled this month, by the way. Oh,
1: true. Um, I would like to get a small audio interface that's for my computer and, and that microphone and also some accessories. But it's a lot of money, and that's why I'm considering it. And I have not successfully talked myself into it. It's tough. It, it's a lot. Um, right now, I am. I'm currently uh, one week from being on my own financially. Um, yeah,
0: you might want to hold off on this decision. See how that rent payment goes for a couple yeah, months. Well, I
1: already paid my first month's rent, but uh, so
0: get it now before you have no money. to That's together. what I was thinking it's hard I feel like we're the angel and devil on Jimmy's shoulders (laughs) he looks to to me on his left and I'm like wait play it responsibly see how you do for the first few months and Jeff's like buy it
2: now regret it later yeah like I have a good job but I still live paycheck to paycheck that's weird
0: and you owe me money you're right
1: (laughs) so I'm considering possibly doing that Dan what are you talking (laughs) yourself into
0: I'm talking myself into antiquing Oh, okay. We're gonna do this. Jeff knows a little bit about this. I don't
1: know anything about this. So growing up, I was a flea market boy. Yeah, I liked flea markets. Yeah. Our grandfather would bring us a lot. Yes, exactly. And
2: uh Do you remember when I went on a vacation with you and your family to upstate New York? Yes. We went to a flea market and I bought brass knuckles that were shaped like the Batman symbol. Yeah, the (laughs) battery with sharpened edges that came with a pouch that I
0: wore on my waist and I would throw at logs. Yeah, that was cool. I lost it. Oh, boy. I want it. <laughs> um, So, yeah. So, I was familiar with that. Uh, I see the value of a dollar. I think that if you can buy something used and it's in good shape. I'd buy that for a dollar. Yeah. Why not save the money? Yeah. And I also like to haggle, as Jeff knows about me. Yeah. He's I like a haggling. haggling, too. Haggling's fun. You're a haggler? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I like haggling. I'm bad
2: at it. Jeff's really? bad
0: at it. So, we have an ongoing rule when we go to flea markets or <laughs> things like this. He will tell me what he's interested in and what he's willing to pay, and mm. then I procure it for him and that is carried on to his wife because we've been antiquing lately. Nice. Like I said, antiquing or these antique markets are basically just a higher class flea market. Yeah. They work exactly the same except the stuff that you see is not as junky and broken and crappy as a flea market. Mhm. So We've gone to Elephant's Trunk, which is in Connecticut. It's a pretty big one in Connecticut. They film
2: like a TV show there.
0: It's it's a big deal. Yeah, Flea Market Flip or something, I think it's called on HGTV. We Mm. saw them there. Yeah. There was a lady host. So they have some cool stuff. And uh, we've gone a couple times there. And uh, it's just fun to walk around and see like cool old things. And, you know, we don't
1: buy a lot. Yeah, my
2: wife's like, I want to find a treasure. And then she doesn't buy anything.
1: Yeah. Mm.
2: (laughs) You know, you pick up something
0: little here or there. Take some funny pictures.
1: I like flea marketing. I. I, you guys probably know I like retros, like electronics and stuff like that too. I've been yeah. going to like retro video game conventions and it, haggling and stuff. It's fun. I, I like haggling and you would like stuff these types good, of
0: places. The other place yeah. we went last weekend was Brimfield Market. Yeah, which was up in Brimfield, Mass. And it's, it was
2: like a little town. It's huge.
0: Yeah, it's gigantic. We walked through like a quarter of it, and
2: it was a lot. Yeah, it took like day. all day. Mm. I bought a rolling pin.
0: Yeah, <laughs> how's it working out? I haven't used it yet.
2: Bought some records. Oh that was to him, yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I bought a uh, I mean it's a reprint, but it's a reprint of a uh, a map of the elevated New York City train system from the eighteen eighties mm. and uh, haven't gotten it framed yet. So we're doing great, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's a lot of fun. Jim, you'd like it. There's always like yeah. a booth selling old cameras, which I know is something you're interested yeah, in.
1: Yeah, me and me and an ex used to do a lot of flea marketing and we would get some old cameras and stuff. Yeah. That, that stuff's really interesting. I love just having that kind of stuff on display. So yeah. Nice. Yeah. I like it, Dan. Thanks. Keep on antiquing. I'm going to try boys we're doing it again we're what are doing, we doing again we're doing another record round table
0: oh Back. cool was you looking for the same thing yeah it's the flip side oh
1: i'm excited for this because uh i really liked our first episode i fun. think uh, it, it is a lot of fun it's a it's a little bit of a twist on our format remix so uh as everybody knows every week we pick something that we try to talk each other into. Here's the thing. We're all trying to talk each other into something this week.
2: Wow.
1: We're it's picking, wacky. We're picking one album of an artist that we may like. We may like all of their stuff, but we may only like that one album. So that's where we're going to try and talk each other into. One single album. This week, I am going to try to talk Dan and Jeff into the album, If I Should Go Before You by City in Color.
2: Oh, you've mentioned them on the yes. podcast before. See, this is a surprise. We actually don't know what we're gonna talk each other into. So yeah, I yeah. Know so that. This is
1: a first. Um so this band, uh it's only that one guy, Dallas Green. Um, he's actually coming out with a new album soon. Uh this is his last studio album that came out. He he did have a, a live album that recently came out as well. But um it, it he's like an alternative uh alternate rock kind of guy, some indie. indie. Yeah, more indie. Um, singer songwriter he has a really good voice Um, the only reason I'm only into this one album is my friend Steph sent me this uh, album for my birthday I think and uh, I really liked it so and she's super obsessed with him she's a huge fan of all of the stuff that he does Um, so I wanted I really like this album so I wanted to talk Dan and Jeff into it because I think they might like it Um, all right very strong vocals uh, pretty good songwriting um, very catchy melodies, uh, relatable lyrics. They get they got the whole package.
2: I have no exposure to this artist, but I am looking forward yeah. to it. Because I have of this new yeah. Same. same. Yeah, yeah.
1: this uh, this album was number one in the in the Canada charts on iTunes, I believe. Oh, uh, he's Canada, Canadian. Eh? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's why it's, the the color is spelled with a U. Uh, More you Ooh, know, artsy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, so that's the album that I am talking to. What year did this album come out? 2015.
0: Okay, I'm yeah, excited.
1: It's fairly new. Um, oh. uh, Four years, geez. Time flies when you're having fun. Yeah. Jeff, what album are you going to be trying to talk Dan and I into?
2: I am going to be talking you into an album by the Canadian duo. Oh. I'm sensing a theme here. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. <laughs> Tegan and Sarah. It is an album of theirs called Heartthrob okay. from 2013. Uh, now I'm I'm aware of Tegan and Sarah because I listen to NPR and legally you have to know who they <laughs> are if you listen to NPR. Um, you know, I, I heard them on NPR uh, quite a while ago and they are a twin sister duo from Canada mm. and they're kind of just like, you know, just kind of rocky, yeah. folky kind of stuff. And I never super got into them like they're OK. And then they came out with this album Heartthrob and it was a lot different from what they are used to putting out and a lot different from what kind of music I actually like. It's weird. It's kind of like an electro pop album, yeah. Yeah. but it is so catchy and so dancey and so fun. And it, it speaks to me on quite an emotional level too, because a lot of the songs are love songs and about love. And it goes to show you that, uh, two LGBT people have the same feelings, about their love interests as mm. I have about mine and that we're all humans. And, and now love they speak love. to you
0: directly. They say, Jeff, they say, yeah, there's <laughs> okay. Like, Jeff,
2: <laughs> you are in love with a girl. You should marry her. Oh, and you're Jeff. like, fine. I will. I'm I'm like, Damn it, Tegan and Sarah. Fine. Go back to Canada. Uh, great. <laughs> so no, but like this, this album is the reason why we actually started the record round table idea. Mm-hmm. Cause Dan suggested, why don't you talk us into Tegan and Sarah? Yeah, because like, I
0: had seen them on uh, the Tonight Show, I think, and I was like, oh, I like their voices, but I never got around to yeah, listening like, to them. Yeah. I
2: like Heartthrob. I do like their follow up. I, I like this one a little bit more. They have a new album coming out. I think it's already out by the time this episode comes out. But anyway, but I don't, I'm not like emotionally attached to their previous stuff. Yeah. And I don't, it's fine. It's not bad, but
0: mm-hmm. I I love this album. Well, sometimes, you know, this is why this episode is, this type of episode we're doing is fun for me, is because sometimes, um, a A band or an artist can have like one album that's like perfect, and you just aren't interested in any of their other stuff,
1: yeah,
2: right.
0: So I think they, that's they do fitting. have
2: some good songs, like I like their song North Shore that's from another album, but like yeah. it's a totally different kind of music,
0: and uh, it doesn't compare to this one album for you for me, no, yeah, Dan, yeah,
2: what are you going to talk <sighs> us into?
0: I was super conflicted on this. I had it narrowed down to two options, okay, and I decided to go with one that I think I have a better chance of talking you guys into. Um, you may have a little bit of exposure with this, but I am choosing to talk you into the 2006 album back to black by Amy Winehouse.
2: Oh, I thought you were going to (laughs) say ACDC
0: back in black. It's the same thing, right? (laughs) No. Oh, what do I know? So, um, Amy Winehouse, as many people know, tragically died at a very young age. She's Mm -hmm. a really talented singer and songwriter. 27 club. Yeah. Mm. She's from England. Shame. Um, she inspired a lot of people, or should I say people ripped her sound off? So common Uh, theme? Adele.
2: Uh. Wow.
0: Um. She may not be from Canada, but
2: they're putting you in color. Okay. So that's the theme.
0: That's our common theme. Okay. (laughs) Um, so Back to Black is the second and final studio album that Amy Winehouse recorded. She only had two albums? Yeah. She had her first full-length, Frank, which I like some stuff off of, but it's definitely a different sound. Yeah, It's more r&b hip-hop modern sounding i think that jimmy's like really startled by
2: that because i think that her death kind of elevated her status a little you know yeah, I mean? yeah. Like, if she had more people would still like no oh yeah amy winehouse but like t- when well she was amy also winehouse, one is, like, of those everybody knows her
0: she also fell into that 27 club not just for her age but because everyone knew she was going down a path of right yeah partying and addiction and stuff like that But that,
2: didn't um mark ronson produce
0: yes That's what I was getting at. So, so back to black was a big departure for her stylistically. It had a lot to do with this tumultuous relationship she was in at the time. Um, but she had recently rediscovered her love of 1960s girl groups and soul and early R and B music. Um, and you know, she talked about her interest in that with her albums, producer, Mark Ronson. She also had a couple other producers on the album, but, um, they worked together to build this album, um, with, like I said, Mark Ronson and, um, Sharon Jones' band, the Dap Kings, to get this sort of like gritty, like Motown, um, girl group, uh, Phil Spector type sound. But one departure you'll hear is I think rhythmically, the bass and drums are more of a modern hip hop influence. So I want you guys to take a listen to this album. I think a lot of the songs on it are like instant classics, and the lyrics are great. It's about. These feelings of love and, you know, one of these relationships where you fight, but it only makes your love more intense. Mm. So, yeah. You guys have any exposure to uh, Amy Winehouse?
1: I know of her.
0: I've
2: heard the album through you when it came out. Yeah. I remember you really into it when it just hit.
0: Yeah. I predated the death. I'm like legit like that. Yeah, no, Dan's legit. He's he's
2: been whining. He's I remember whi- you excited. Whiner. I've been a winer.
0: a <laughs> rem-
1: winehouser. I remember you being uh, interested in the documentary that came out a few years ago, Amy, too. Amy, yeah, which yeah. is really good. Yeah. All
2: right, so to recap, Jimmy, what will you be talking us into?
1: I will be talking the guys into If I Should Go Before You by City in Color.
2: I will be talking you both into Tegan and Sarah's album, Heartthrob.
0: And I will be talking you into Amy Winehouse's Back to Black. We also picked Seemingly Like Love, yeah, uh, but I
2: just noticed that last time was a, a bit more diverse. Bit. This is going to be, this is going to be an uplifting episode. Uh, not Valentine's quite. Day. Not no? quite. Okay. <laughs> well, minus
1: three albums, three talk me into's. Let's do it, boys. Okay. We have. Okay, fellas. Oh uh, nope, <laughs> nope, not doing that. No way, fellas. <laughs> no way, fellas. So, our first album is my album. I didn't make it, but I had a friend who made me listen to it, and I really liked it, so I'm making my friends listen to it. You were talked into it. I was talked into it, so now I'm going to talk my boys into it. Oh, I'm your boy. Yeah. Blue. (laughs) So, my album was If I Should Go Before You by City in Color, also known as Dallas Green. Who actually just had an album release called "A Pill for Loneliness"? That was really good timing. Was that on purpose? Because it came out two days ago. Wasn't on purpose, but I knew it was coming out. Okay, yeah, fellas. <laughs> <That> <laughs> so uh, the first track is "Woman." What did you guys think of it?
0: I uh, I didn't expect the falsetto. I don't know why, but it kind of took me off guard. Mm. But I liked it. Um, yeah. it it's pretty straightforward lyrics. It's like a you know a typical love song. But it hits a really nice groove in the middle of the song. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought a nine minute album album opener is a little little daunting for me. Oh, that's where I disagree with you, sir. Really? What yeah. did you think, Jeff?
2: I I literally wrote a nine minute ripper. Um, <laughs> this this is like so. This was the first song I've ever heard from him. Yep. And my first impression was that if Sade and Bonavere had a sexy sexy baby, yeah, it's <laughs> ambient. Drony, it's yeah. like almost atonal it's bass as smooth as butter and vocals even smoother mm. it's uh i thought it was really good it was really interesting because i i didn't know what to expect anything
1: about him right um
2: and like you said it's it's a straightforward love song it's humbling he's elevating his woman mm-hmm. it's powerful um and the
0: music and lyrics intertwined like perfectly together they like Mm. work together so well well he's doing that thing of his vocal melody is reflected in the guitar lead yeah so they are sort of like phrasing off each other Mm.
1: i I love how like you said it drones on and on it kind of reminds me of i want you she's so heavy yep um how it just kind of like keeps going and going until the very end
2: And it just fully pulls you into the emotion that he's feeling. I
0: Mm -hmm. thought it was, it didn't even feel like nine minutes. Mm -hmm.
2: I agree with most
1: of what you're
0: saying. I thought at the end, maybe like the last minute gets a bit cheesy with some of the vocal wailing. Mm -hmm. But other than that, I liked it. Okay. It was a good song.
1: So our second song is Northern Blues. I I liked the pacing.
0: I I thought it was a nice transition to go into something a little bit more upbeat. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, not to get too nerdy, but I like that it follows a a standard blues structure. Yeah. A, B, A, C. I wrote that Yeah, dude. Not like those exact words, but (laughs) yeah. It's a a bobber. Yeah. My head was bouncing a little bit. Yeah, it's like
2: a synth bass infused easy jazz Mm. blues song. (laughs) It's atmospheric. Mm -hmm. And like I could almost picture walking down like a misty alley listening to this song. Yeah, I love
1: the imagery in this. He
2: really paints a picture with sound. It's like those people who see colors or hear colors yeah (laughs) i see colors some people don't some people can't i'm sorry if you can't
1: it's very atmospheric
2: um yeah and i mean lyrically he's just talking about keep moving on despite having uh not much
1: Mm -hmm. yeah i think the music pairs up with the vocals a lot really well in this song too so then we get to mizzy c what'd you think of this one jeff
2: it's a song about living in the past and he's clinging on to the good memories of his youth. I think we all do that. Mm-hmm. Um, this podcast, we do that a lot. <laughs> I mean, like we talked about Animorphs. I haven't read an Animorphs book, you know, a new one in, in almost week. 20 years. <laughs> I've been writing them, Dan. <laughs> Somebody has to read them. Um uh, I lost my brain. Well, I think... Um, oh, I, wow, I, I, yeah, our podcast literally starts every episode by doing this. We talk about old stories yeah
0: yeah yeah i think this is the catchiest song on the album yet Um, yet i agree with uh i like the chorus vocal melody i like how the bridge has a real abrupt um change in time signature and then it returns back to the original pacing for the chorus Mm. i liked it it was fun
1: yeah um i think that it's kind of talking about like how you get stuck in the A little bit about getting stuck in a routine and how you should change things up a little bit too. Yeah. And the lyrics, Mm -hmm. which I think is, it's good. I think it's a very strong performance from him as well. So then we get to the titular track, If I Should Go Before You, uh, which I think is a very slow song about uh, a loved one saying that if he dies before you, still going to take care of you.
0: I found this to be a bit of a slog.
1: Wow.
0: I wanted more from it. Mm. Um, Like I got the emotions, but as a song, I just was like, "Mm," it's kind of like a, it reminded me of like a sixties, like slow dance ballad type thing. I could see that. Like, um, I don't think that's a bad thing. Earth angel. So I wrote down a
2: quote from him and it said that this song is about loving someone so much. You'd want them to move on if you go first, but having them, but loving them so much, you know, you wouldn't be able to do the same. Mm. Which is kind of what I got from this song, Mm. but just listening to the words with not necessarily, I mean, the music definitely plays into it, but my body physically ached listening to the song. Yeah. Jeff's feeling it, the second time listening to it, it gave me like goosebumps and it made my stomach turn because it made me think about that. Because I mean, not to get like really depressing you know i'm only 34 but i'm also eight years older than my wife and men don't live as long as
0: women mm-hmm. so this could be me in several decades do and you reflect the sentiment do you want your wife to move on without you if you die yeah that i mean i think that that's a
2: fair thing to say i don't want i've seen you know family members or loved ones just live for 20 30 years just aching mm-hmm. and sad that somebody that they
0: were with went well, and, and ugh. We're fans of Howard Stern, and he's gone on a record that his much younger wife Beth should never remarry after well, he dies.
2: He's also a, a vanilla boy, so I mean, like, I don't know. He's, I'm not Howard Stern. Uh, me, I, I enjoy him, but I disagree with him. I don't want to talk about Howard Stern right here. I think that this song is a perfect song. Yeah. and i mm. i physically cried wow. listening to it oh boy wow. physical tears came out of my eyes in my car on my drive home he'll do that and not just like tearing up i was sobbing oh
0: jeff this was this You're is so a, in touch a, this is one of the most beautiful songs i've ever heard your inner inner jeffina really came out <laughs>
1: okay i'm glad you like it man it's one of my favorite songs too uh a lot of there's a couple songs on here that I, I, I feel that way towards. You wouldn't put it on at a party, but... <laughs> it's interesting that
0: you mention one of your favorite songs because Killing Time is one of my favorite songs It's the my album. favorite song on the album. I think this should have been a single, and I was looking through the album, and uh, I don't think it was ever released as a single. I don't think so. Um, it's catchy. It's got a groove, and I like in the chorus how he transitions down to his chest voice, which is pretty interesting because a lot of time he's up in that falsetto range. Yeah. I, I like I said, it's, it's yeah. I think yeah. it's
1: my it's favorite funky, song on the album. Funky drum
2: bass, got some guitar noodling. It's really fun. It's it's so much different than the previous four songs.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I love the line. I am running from the shadow of my former shadow's life. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's I don't know. When I first listened to this album, that really struck me. And because I don't know, maybe I was going through some shit, but I was I was really feeling this song when it. When I first got it.
0: Yeah, lyrically, I don't think he has a ton of high concepts, but he's really good with imagery and sort of painting a picture.
1: Yeah. So then we get to, uh, unless Jeff has anything more to say about it. It's just a
2: a good song, solid song.
1: So then we get to Wasted Love, um, which I really like the more rock sound of this. It's definitely different style than everything else, I think.
2: Yeah, I found that not jarring, but I found it interesting as you move on from this album, because like. From woman, you have like this this vibe that he's setting, this tone. Mm-hmm. And especially as an opener, like you put a nine-minute song as your opener, you would think that it's for a reason. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there's some style changes throughout this album, but yeah. still like fitting within his genre, mm-hmm. which I think is interesting.
0: Yeah, this to me, um, it's more aggressive, more up-tempo. It it sort of pulls in an influence that I think you get a little bit more towards the second half of this album than you do in the first which is um sort of like a blue-eyed soul like Hall & Oates, Smokey Robinson, fits in the Tantrums, that type of
1: vibe. Mm-hmm. Um I liked it though. It's fun. I can yeah. get to, I can get down. I like the line to uh pouring honey in my ears.
2: Yeah, it's like your partner telling you sweet little yeah. lies. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not yeah. getting anything in return.
1: Yeah. So then we get to Runaway in their pedal steel guitar. It's an
2: outlaw country song. Yeah. I don't know about that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's really outlaw
1: country, no.
2: but it's it's a, a little bit of more. a country
1: feel. Well,
0: oh, I hear Bluegrass. 70s California country rock like Graham Parsons, the Eagles, Linda Ronstadt. Um, but definitely the pedal steel guitar comes through. Um, the lyrics are really good. They sort of remind me of a uh, Springsteen lyrics. Yeah, it does. It's I could like see a that. A couple yeah. running way yeah, together. out! let's break out. Let's, we're born to run, baby. Let's yeah. do it. No worries.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a good one uh lover come back this song to me is what if i should go before you did to jeff um i could easily cry during this song lover come back i think is probably my second favorite and most emotional song
2: in musically here. and lyrically it's like a sequel to runaway right so it's asking this lover to come back to you yeah. after you ran away and you gave them everything and they left you for whatever reason whoever's
0: fault it is they don't get into that but you're just begging for them to Mm -hmm. come back to you to me it feels like like you said a sequel to runaway but it also harkens back to wasted love um this sort of 60s soul vibe with a honky tonk piano Yeah, there's like
2: organ in it too
0: yeah um i like this vibe more than the atmospheric slower stuff that he does Mm -hmm. um it's an interesting mix to put these two types of sounds and it us cram them in one album, right? But when you listen in order, it still makes sense. Yeah, yeah,
2: it's very interesting because there's a lot of there's a lot of bands that can't really pick out a style. Um, I'll just throw Blink-182 out there because a new album came out and it's absolute doo-doo. But they can't pick a style. Like, are you doing this new thing or are you staying pop punk? Yeah. Uh, it, it's weird and they don't pull it off, but he does pull off multi-genres in but one album.
0: If we say that you could sort of split this album into two genres, sort of, like, obviously there's variations, but right. which of the stuff do you guys enjoy more? This... I, I honestly like both of them equally. Oh, um, I think same here. I think he pulls off both really well. I don't dislike the slow, sorrowful, wall of sound stuff. I like it, but I definitely like this more upbeat,
1: soulful stuff. It's really good, and I wasn't
0: expecting it, especially after the first few tracks.
1: Originally, I would say I like the more upbeat stuff. Um, As I'm starting to like it more as an artist, I feel like I I like the slower stuff more.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh,
2: Map of the World. I think this is as catchy a song
0: on the album. This is an interesting one for me. It is. It has um, a really cool arpeggio electric guitar riff. Um, kind of the, the intro kind
2: of sounds like the office theme song.
0: Really? If, I got, if you listen back <laughs> between, um, between the style of the electric guitar mixed with the acoustic guitar strumming in the background. To me, it sounds like Johnny Cash. Mm. I can see that. Not vocally, but just right, the guitar yeah, work. Yeah. Um, I like the verses more than the chorus on, on this song, which is a, not a normal thing. But...
1: It's a
2: pretty generic chorus, but it is so catchy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I would agree.
2: And it's funny, too, because this guy's only like probably like my age ish. And he's talking about all these experience he has that <laughs> has made him who he is. And when you think about that, such so like a young person, you're like, oh, wow, how do you have this much experience? But we do like people have experiences, oh, yeah. And a lot of times uh, the older you get, the more you think that younger people aren't as valid as you because they haven't had as much experience.
0: Yeah. But in some circumstances, the older the- you get, the dumber
2: you get. Yeah, no, that's true. I was, I'm a very dumb boy. I'm getting dumber by the day.
1: It's funny because we were talking about, I was talking about something about college the other day with a friend of mine who I went to college with. And it's kind of crazy. Just like the things that I went through in college don't seem like who I am today. Yeah. So yeah, I, I totally agree with what you You might saying. not
0: have seen a lot of years, but you've seen a lot of experience. Yeah.
2: Just wait until you're our age, Jimmy. Oh. You're already, and you don't even remember college. You're already on our <laughs> level of
0: like just settling down into <laughs> <laughs> apathy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, by the time you're uh, in your 30s, you're just going to be like asleep. He's just going to be wrapped in <laughs> afghans that yeah. he's currently knitting. <laughs> He'll be in an Afghan
2: cocoon. Oh, that sounds great. Uh, Friends, this I think is his most like country kind
0: of song. Yes, uh, definitely more pedal steel guitar.
2: This yeah, one is like a, a
0: little bit too easy listening for me. I, I like the build up into the abrupt ending, but mm. overall, mm, this this might be a skip track for me. Mm. I like the chorus in it.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's it's a good song. I don't have much to say about it. Yeah, yeah same here. Um, Blood. He's just seeking validation in that. Yes, Blood, the final track on Jimmy's entry into this record roundtable.
1: Yeah. I love the feeling that the song gives. Um, uh, I It's funny. For, for a lot of songs, I hate when they just kind of, like, push string instruments into things. I feel like it's very appropriate for this song.
2: Mm-hmm. I, it's like acoustic. It's not really a, yeah. electric. It, it did this weird shift throughout the album. I mean, we've talked about it, mm-hmm. but the beginning of the album where you're getting like really droney atmospheric stuff and then as you shift here, it's more... Well, it kind of comes more back. More like
0: acoustic. Yeah. it To me, the album starts off the way you described mm-hmm. and then towards the middle, it hits this block of like 60s soul and R&B mm-hmm. and then it comes back down to like these country influences, these weird like atonal guitar chords and finger picking. Um, I didn't find this song super exciting, but I do like from a music theory nerd point of view, I'm, I'm interested in some of the weird chords and finger picking that he does. Mm. Um, I don't think it's as strong of a closer as woman is an opener. I can agree with that. Yeah. Um, I mean, lyrically, I liked it too. It's about putting your heart and soul into someone
2: who may not have any self-worth and letting them know that you do mm-hmm it's, it's very strong so do you did you have any overall thoughts on the whole album jeff uh nothing i haven't said already i mean i think that it's it's very very emotional lyrically um positive negative emotions um and i think that his voice is just it's a beautiful voice yeah and he it works with the music and that he's creating so well. Mm -hmm. It blends together in a way that like nothing is like
0: abrasive or annoying to listen to. It's just so, I don't know. It's just really, really well done. I I mean, one thing I wanted to touch on that we didn't mention is I think the album is, has beautiful production. It does everything. Mm -hmm. There's a nice layering of instrumentation to give you this wall of sound, shimmery, you know, layered depth feeling. With also, like, if you want to, you can pick out with your ear individual guitar tracks, individual piano parts. Mm-hmm. So there's there's a nice space to the album. Um, I, 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 th- I feel that it's a bit derivative of some of the influences that you can hear. Like, we were mentioning a lot of influences. It sounds to me like he sort of, like, threw a lot of things in a blender and came out with a sound. Which is not a, necessarily a bad thing. But but think of the influences that we said, those are
2: influences that don't usually get said together. Yeah, yeah, that's that's difficult (laughs) to do
0: and make something that's coherent. I agree with you. Um, it, I think he's very unique. It's a little distracting for me, though, to sort of be like, oh, this reminds me of this. I can't turn that off. Well, I, I wouldn't necessarily do that if we weren't doing this podcast. I wouldn't hark on it. I would True. notice it, but it if wouldn't I'm just get like my brain driving and have this on, I probably wouldn't
1: be analyzing it as much. Mm-hmm. But yeah. All right. I think I have a question for you two boys. Boys. Yeah. Did I talk you guys into if I should go to te- if i should go before you by city in color yes damn F- straight. yes
2: i loved it it was fantastic i've listened to it like a hundred times oh. uh, uh my wife loves it i've listened to his new album twice already what do you um, think
1: of his new album i
2: think it's good um i
1: think it's good not great
2: i think i definitely think this is his best work that i mean I, we've only had a few weeks i haven't yeah. like fully invested in this guy's career yet yeah but i loved it i think that woman is a great song i think that if i should go before you is like one of the best songs i've ever it's the only song i physically cried listening to (laughs) ever like i've heard emotional songs but this one like Oh, it almost made me throw up. I was so sad.
1: If you want to feel those kind of feels, listen to his live performances. Those I are, didn't listen to that album. Yet. I mean, I did put sad. stuff on
2: like shuffle, but this this is a perfect album to listen to when you're driving, listen to mm-hmm. when you want to listen to music, yep. and listen to when you're going to sleep. Because I'm, I'm a big music when I sleep guy, and yeah. it's just, it's so good. This
1: is pretty good sleepy time music. Um, but yeah, I'm glad you like it, Jeff. Damn No, I, I loved it, Jeff. I'm glad you I loved, loved it. it.
0: So I liked it. I didn't love it. <laughs> I, I'm saying yes because I'm interested in it. I would definitely listen to it again. And I'm kind of curious about his other stuff. I haven't listened to anything else. Yeah. I will check out the new album. So, yeah, I'm not as I'm not as hardcore as Jeff I'm going to go buy the record. <laughs> I
2: wanted to listen to it when Dan and I were driving the other day, but I couldn't say anything because oh. I didn't save it for the pod.
0: So, I'm a yes. Jeff's a strong yes. Oh, it was very good. That's
1: awesome. Very, I'm glad I did this Very
2: one. satisfying. This, to me, for talking me into was, like, on the level of Queer Eye. Like, I love yeah. that show now, and I love this album album they're like the two greatest things this to is your touche buy. amore because it is me
1: and jimmy were really yeah. into that i'm That's wearing true. a touche amore shirt you right are. now. i'm yeah. very jealous of that shirt it my wife bought cool. it for my birthday oh because
2: i said wow i want this shirt and she remembered she's so nice <laughs> oh. tegan and sarah's heartthrob was uh my selection for this episode yes. yes um yeah who wants to start out with closer
1: i could start it out okay so this started off very poppy yes um, i don't know anything about tegan and sarah i don't think i've ever heard them before you don't need to yeah i mean you you uh, might you might. Yeah. you might <laughs> but uh now i know that they are sisters they and, are and um and yeah they perform together so yeah this this came off very poppy um this is a song that i'd like to rock out with nice bassy headphones because yeah. it's very like electronic background synthy um yeah, I like to listen to Cynthia type of music. Dan, before I
2: get to you, just because you said that, um, with this album and their following album, this is one of the songs where they've released remixes. Ooh. So they have a remix record with like four tracks. But then as we move on, there's um, a couple other songs on here too, where they like put this song in here and was like, Hey, music creators remix this and they put it on Spotify. There's like uh, there's one album with like 20 tracks of different remixes of the same song. Didn't um I think my cool.
1: I think a friend of mine showed me Haley Williams did a a cover of something that might have been on that album.
2: Maybe. I th- they did I was a fool for sure and they did yeah. a couple songs off their next album. So keep that in mind if I talk okay. to you into it. Dan, what do you think about closer? Oh, I like this vibe.
0: Yeah, right? Really? It's so fun. Uh, it's so much more fun than I thought it would be. I had never listened to them. Um I don't know why I thought they were more like serious. I don't know how to describe it. Like they, they were a little more are. introspective, a little bit more uh, coffee house, I guess I would Musically, say. Musically.
2: Yes. But this album lyrically is very uh, introspective. I mean, this is about like what it felt like to have a crush in high school and middle school.
0: Yeah. But isn't that and like good pop? Like they're it taking is. Yeah. these uh, touching ideas and they're packaging them in s- pure cotton candy. Like, It's so fun. It's so happy. It's so catchy. It's the
2: pure cotton candy, but they add another level. So it's about these high school crushes. But now as adults, they want that feeling again.
0: Yeah, I that, liked it a lot. That's what I get from this song. I think that it, there's a really interesting interplay between their harmonies and when they sing in unison, which is like a nerdy thing. But yeah, it is. You could be tempted when you have two female lead singers with very similar voices. Yeah. twins. I can't tell who's who. I Neither can I. But <laughs> I don't know. You could be very tempted to just kill, kill the audience with harmonies. And I think it's cool that they are singing the same notes a lot of time. You know, they're using yeah. their voice to double important phrases and things like that it it adds a lot of texture um i thought the lyrics were really fun the interplay between being closer physically with being emotionally yes. closer mm. so yeah i i love this as an opening track nice. and then the next song is a total shift goodbye, uh, from closer goodbye
2: it's goodbye. still an upbeat song that you want to bob to but it's about a breakup yeah. and leaving someone who doesn't appreciate you
1: yeah it's definitely pleasing to listen to uh like i i would say most of these songs yeah Um, the lyrics don't really do a lot for me just because they're pop lyrics. I get it, but, um, I liked, you know, as a standalone, I can kind of agree with you,
0: but I like them as they juxtapose the first song, like Jeff said. Yeah. Interesting choice to, you know, have a song about pushing someone away, literally following a song about someone getting closer. Mm -hmm. Right. And there's a lot of that as we go through this album too.
1: Yeah. The harmonies towards the end, I thought were really cool with the bass synth as well yeah um, the synth melody is yeah. super catchy, yeah and just the um the chorus too is super catchy
0: and then we get into
2: I was a fool which is the one that was remixed so if you like this song
1: oh, okay. uh
0: this is probably my favorite song on the album, okay I like that they brought it back down to something a little bit slower tempo mm-hmm. after these first two um it helps eliminate the repetition of the album right um I like the dense vocals in the chorus and starting to get introduction of a more more natural sounding instruments there's a little bit of more guitar and natural like acoustic piano in yes. this um yeah and i just i like the last chorus how it's echoing each other and i just think it's a catchy song and it's i think the tempo slow you know the slowing of the tempo and the introduction of more natural instruments gives a little bit more emotional depth and it 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 hurts you know, it's got that nice heart heart pull that you want from like
1: one of these types of songs. Yeah, I definitely felt that this one was relatable um, on a on an emotional level.
2: It was because oh, it's well, no, I was a fool for staying in a bad relationship for yeah. love's sake. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have experience with that as well. I mean, it's very personal and very human. Yeah,
1: um, this is one that I I can't relate to because I don't have these kinds of problems, but I know a lot of people do, so I think it's an important song. I'm not your hero. It, uh, I really like the message in this one Being a mem- uh, them being a members of the LGBTQ community and uh, mm-hmm. being famous they kind of have to feel obligated that they're supposed to be doing these big things for them
0: yeah and when you become famous people want you to be the mouthpiece for a movement so yeah. to speak and I, they didn't ask for that yeah exactly um, I like the instrumentation on this and the lyrics except for one thing that really bugged me was the digital drums in this Mm-hmm. All I I don't know it was too too much All I could think of was like Avril Lavigne or Ashley Simpson that like mid 2000s wow, oh, <laughs> Just the Drums it, they just okay. bugged me okay. I don't know I couldn't get past it There's just like this monotonous beat that Travels through the whole song
1: I, I kind of get over that kind of uh, the, the music in the background don't really I'm not really upset about For anything because they're all digital It kind of seems like yeah I don't know
0: Drove me wild
2: uh, this song is might be one of the first songs that really caught my attention other than closer Um, musically because it's like a fun pop song like we've talked about, mm-hmm. but even lyrically it's you're thinking of someone nonstop and you're aching for them and, and you just want their touch and there's this one moment just like burned in your brain. And this song was very personal to me because my wife and I were in a long distance relationship at first and it really spoke to me. And one way that we kept in touch when we couldn't talk to each other was we had a Spotify playlist that Mm. we both listened to. And this is one of the first songs on there that we put in there. It was actually played at our wedding because of that, because it's a personal song to Um. us. because I think that it's very relatable and
0: emotional.
1: I get that.
0: The lyrics are super fun and everyone knows about that um, like jubilant, feeling of the start of a relationship. Oh yeah. Where everything is exciting and fresh and you're so excited to see the person. And um I like the energy of it, how it comes off the previous tracks. It's super danceable. Another fun one, another banger.
1: Yeah, super fun. I is. don't have a lot to say about it other than it's it's a good song. It's a good song. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking too fast here. It's a good song. It's a good song. It's good. Me like song song good. <laughs> so how come you don't want me? Uh definitely relatable after being in a bad breakup. Um and you're seeing your significant other with uh, another person and it kind of tears you up inside. Not going to go into Especially that. Especially if you but, think uh, the
2: person's like not as good as you either physically or just as a person. Yeah. yeah. You're like ah. Oh,
0: well, this is you also You like that dodo bird. Mm-hmm. This is also the rare fun breakup song. Yeah. I you know, I like the music is mm-hmm. pretty upbeat and positive to reflect a pretty sad topic that's yeah. why
2: i think this album is just so fun and cool cuz like yeah. even like the really sad shit musically you're like it it helps you get over those sad emotions right mm-hmm. so with city and color he's singing sad and you're getting <laughs> sad music he's pulling your heart out of your chest oh, yeah. ripping it up and throwing it to the seagulls to eat on the beach but this
0: is just like no like this bad stuff happened but let's have fun still see see not to give away my opinion on the album as a whole. But this is the part of the album when I start hitting these next couple of tracks where I had a hard time taking notes because how many times can I write super fun and well, catchy? Yeah. yeah. But that's the thing too, and
2: it's ten tracked. It's not like it's a nineteen song album. So it's just one little package that's very
0: homogenous. But it's good. Yeah. <laughs> um I couldn't be your friend. It's catchy and fun. Um <laughs> I like the instrumentation in the verses. Uh, it's more traditional, like I, like we were talking about before, right. with more traditional instruments. And then it goes full electronic in the chorus. Yeah. Full digital.
1: I like that it, it came after How Come You Don't Want Me. Right,
0: it's like a continuation of this.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like you're going through the different stages of a breakup. It, it definitely feels like that. It's painful, and now you're realizing, hey, if you want to be on your own, then be on your own. Yeah. I,
0: I can't be around you.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely think they fit well together. And, um, and then in the song uh, Where You Hope the Other Person Is Hurting, Uh, like that's kind of like that stage of a breakup i don't know i definitely feel this and i like it
2: dan what about love they say because instrumentally musically it changes up a little bit
0: yeah i think it's an interesting take on a sort of a traditional ballad idea um i like that it's more guitar driven Mm -hmm. i think if i remember the time that i saw them on tv they were both playing guitar yeah I mean, they
2: they switch up sometimes. It's kind of
0: nice to hear something with some more guitar work because there hasn't been a lot of that on the album. And there
2: are a lot of acoustic versions of all of these songs that they've done live. You could find clips on YouTube. That's interesting. There's a lot of different versions of these songs. It's really interesting because this is a lot like, you know, dance, pop, bass, electric drums, but then they play it live on like some TV shows or in concert and it's pure acoustic and it's still just like this driving
0: emotional Mm. and it's kind of cool to think um like another thing that draws to mind is um bleachers which is jack antonoff's group Mm -hmm. oh you like that yeah and it's a lot of it is very electronic and synth driven like this Mm -hmm. but he writes all of it on guitar so it's interesting to think of the progression of something very simple and stripped down and i definitely could feel in in this album that at the root of these at the heart of these are like Guitar chords, like there's sort of like folk songs that are turned into upbeat, dancey electronic stuff. Mm-hmm. I could definitely see. So that. I liked um, hearing a little bit of that guitar work on this one. Yeah,
2: and it's just purely romantic. It's just a good love song. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I like this. I like the the sound of the song, and um, it, I like the positive outlook on love and loving somebody. It, it's 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 kind of weird because. It's like one song is like a love song, the next song, a breakup song, and then another breakup song, and then another love song, which is kind of just life. You just kind of go through breakups, yeah. and mm-hmm. I like it. Um, so now we're going to, now I'm all messed up. Uh, I like the overall tone of this song. Uh it feels ungr- angry and frustrating and sad while they're s- still keeping the same general poppy song or uh, sound or whatever. Yeah. Um, there are some interesting conflicting emotions
0: which feels like a realistic breakup yeah there's moments where you know when you're ending a relationship it's not a straightforward thing you know tensions are running high emotions are running high so yeah a little music
1: theory oh Um, I
0: have a music theory note too let's see if they're the
1: same Uh, I like the harmonies in this because um, a lot of it is like very dissonant I don't know exactly the chord but like uh, whoever's singing higher it's very like it's almost like Whaley, like yelling. Yeah. That is not what I have. Okay.
0: <laughs> I have that. There's a really interesting 32nd note roll, like drum oh. fill in the chorus, which is something you don't hear a lot. Just keep, I can't n- picture note it about right it. now, but digga, digga, digga.
2: I think I know what you're talking about.
0: One of oh, yeah. That yeah. one.
1: <laughs> cool.
2: <laughs> Shock to your sister. Yeah. How'd you like this as the album closer?
1: kind of a weak closer in my opinion uh wasn't really feeling it very catchy though <laughs>
0: <laughs> i super weak it. song loved it 10 <laughs> yeah i liked it i thought it was a bobber i thought i liked that they brought the tempo back up for the album closer mm-hmm. yeah i i do feel that it's a little strange that after this mixed emotions album they chose to end on anger mm. what you are is lonely mm. yeah it's like it's kind like, of a down note <laughs> it's like the brain versus the heart
2: yeah kind of thing yeah but i don't know um well, that's that. I think I know your answers, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Well,
0: I have a couple overall notes, as I like to do with oh. these situations. Oh. So one thing, you know, I don't want to compare it to City in Color, because it's just coincidence that we talked about these albums. Yeah, together. these three
2: albums were very coincidental.
0: Yeah. Uh, are uh, yeah. on the same episode. I will say that um, as individual songs, um, I had different feelings. But I think it was the one weakness that this album had to me, the weakest point, was the overall pacing. Um, there was moments that were cool the way things were set up, but I didn't feel an album arc like like I did with City and Color. And I think that sort of speaks to the genre. Like most people don't really care to listen to whole albums. We have this internal debate within the three of us as to like when we do music, should we just make a playlist or should yeah. we listen to whole albums? I mean, they've seen this on this show before too, Weird Al. Like, <laughs> yeah. You not, yeah. You not need to do a full album.
2: Right. And it, it so I'm an album guy.
0: And this doesn't feel like it needed to be an album. I feel like this mm. could be a playlist or a group of singles or whatever. Mm. Um, I I did really like the genre that it was coming from. I heard a lot of like the type of pop that I'm interested into in like Madonna, The Cars, rhythmic, some of that you know, like 80s early dance stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that Jeff likes this. <laughs> I, I do love too. this. <laughs> I would not expect you to like this stuff. You're usually pretty down
1: on like pop music.
0: It's it's just so good, and I mean, I think I think you know why I like it
2: now. Yeah, it has uh, a little Jimmy, any extra overall depth thoughts? to it. Yeah,
1: I do have uh, overall thoughts. I generally like the breakup songs uh, the best. I don't know if it's because I'm just generally you're
2: just a sad <laughs> of I don't know if it's because kind of I'm
1: wow. <laughs> generally bitter towards the emotion, but um, I think they bring out the real shit and how you really feel, and kind of takes you out of that state of euphoria that's being described in the other Wolf songs. Um, I dig the overall sound of Tegan and Sarah. I like the synthy background with close knit harmonies. Everything is a little too clean for me though. With a band like Fleet Foxes, where they can just pull off like an augmented seventh chord out of their ass, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if Tegan and Sarah can do that. Not saying that they need to, but like they do have some really tight harmonies, but I don't know if that's just the studio doing it. Right.
0: You can almost picture them sitting in front of laptops.
1: Yeah. Like, I- I, Which isn't a bad thing, but that's no. not generally towards the. Kind if of music you listen I would to, to their listen to.
2: older albums, I think that will change your mind because
1: would It's agree. a lot more raw, yeah. unplugged from kind of from just this one album. That's right, how it right. felt.
2: So yeah, did I talk my two friends, my only two friends, into <laughs> Tegan and Sarah's heartthrob? Yeah. Yes. Ah, oh, yeah, I knew it. So since you guys, <laughs> I like love this, this one. So their next album that came out three years later called yeah. "Love You to Death." Is almost identical to this. In fact, I have both albums in the same playlist. You could hit shuffle, and it sounds like one long album. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. And coincidentally, Jimmy, his selection just had a new album come out. I didn't know this one. I picked. I knew they had a new album coming out, but they have an album that just dropped like last week. Oh, no. it's, it's a little. It's like this mixed with their old stuff. It's songs they wrote in high school that they're recording now as <laughs> that's interesting. Thirty year old women. Oh, that's kind of um, cool. It, it's it's pretty good. So I I do encourage you to listen at least to I Love You to Death. Um, because it's mm. like it's a spiritual successor to this album
0: yeah i want to check out more of their stuff for sure um so, definitely check out the remixes they are very fun funny side note is um i'm always looking for like how can i say this pop music that's actually good it's it's <laughs> hard to find <laughs> yeah. because, because my often. niece is a big fan of pop music but she tends to like really cheesy just whatever's on the radio mm-hmm. so i'm always introducing her to like some of the stuff i mentioned before like eurythmics madonna the cars stuff like oh, that this is perfect for and it. i'm like if you like pop music mm-hmm but you want something with a little depth and meaning to it and heart. So I did play this Tegan and Sarah album and she was feeling it. Nice. The songs are (laughs) so catchy that before the song ends, you can start to sing along to the chorus. I think that me and her are best friends. She doesn't even know. (laughs) She's pretty cool. (laughs) She is. So yeah, more Tegan and Sarah to come in my life.
1: (sighs) Yeah, I agree. I'll definitely listen to them again.
0: They tried to make me go to rehab, but I said, no, no, no. I'll let you have that one. I'm not super into it, but I'm going to give it to you. (laughs) Okay. So we listened to Back to Black by Amy Winehouse. Correct.
1: Yes, we did. Let's start at the tippity top, Rehab, the big single, the big hit. What'd you guys think? I'm already hit with the R&B sound and um, with the horn section, and it's just amazing. I really like it.
2: Yeah, I mean, musically, we mentioned this is Mark Ronson produced. Uh, It's soulful. It's old school rhythm and blues. And uh, it's a
0: cautionary tale. And in retrospect, not so cute.
1: Yeah, Yeah. a little sad.
0: Not very cute at all. Darkly funny lyrics, catchy and danceable. It's a quintessential hit song.
1: It's like what you want from like.
2: Yeah, it's like factory produced. Like, oh, you want a hit? Yeah, come over here. I got it on the shelf. Here it is.
1: I remember this on the radio a lot. Yeah. It's really good.
0: It's what launched it's, her into superstardom. Yeah. It really was. Um, you Know I'm No Good. It's bluesy hip-hop fusion. Yeah. And it's,
2: correct me if I'm wrong, but it's a song about being the cheater. No?
0: That's what it seemed like
1: to it me. It is,
2: yeah. Okay.
0: Um, I, so I I think this one is a great example of what we talked about in the first half of this episode. The fusion of hip-hop rhythm section. Yes. With soul and R&B. And it, it
2: is produced very well. I'm, I'm not going to say it every... <laughs>
0: Song because I'll be a broken record, but yeah. it's produced so well. Yeah, it's it's got enough grit. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's yes, it's pop music. Yeah, but it's got enough like varnish. Like I don't know how to describe it. It's a, it's a little rough around it's, the it's edges. It's Polished, but just really well made. Yeah, I love the smoky, sultry vocals in this one.
1: Yeah, it, it's really good. I I love yes the vocals absolutely. I'm it, just gonna sound like a blubbering idiot because I really it's really good
0: Uh oh (laughs) oh me and mr jones so this one uh this is a play on one
2: of the best and weirdest love songs uh i think uh by billy paul me and mrs jones yep um which is about uh a man having an adulterous affair with a married woman and i looked this up because i couldn't really tell like I wanted to know for sure, like, what is this vibe about? Like, it's still like a cheating infidelity theme. Yeah. And apparently this song is about Nas.
0: Yep. Nasir Jones, the Mm -hmm. rapper. (laughs) Which I didn't even know they were a thing. They're not. It's not about a real relationship. It's about a perceived relationship between a fan and their favorite artist. That's so uh, weird. It's such a strange. It's song. about having a one-sided relationship with a musician without ever really knowing him. They've only met in person twice after she was already famous and this song was already out. Mm. She's incredibly devoted and feels like she missed out by not seeing him in concert. And it has one of the greatest lines. Jimmy, you're gonna have to bleep
1: this, but what kind of fuckery is this?
0: Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, yeah. I did.
2: I I liked that because musically you're hearing song music from the 60s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with. Uh, her lyrics are very with, modern slang yeah, yeah. With, with like you know chaff slang from the mid aughts
1: yeah. yeah yeah this feels like a it, it's a song that could be like easily in a 40s swanky jazz club until you like read lyrics yeah <laughs> yeah apparently this song was originally going to be titled fuckery oh really from what I heard yeah it's so good yeah really good just friends. Um, for this one, I wasn't really feeling the style a ton. Ooh, okay. Oh, it's interesting. More, more reggae than it's, we've heard so far. It's like so a far. reggae Motown fusion. Yeah, I know which Jeff I really, really likes liked. that. Yeah, um, but I, I definitely get the appeal of wanting to be just friends with somebody. But it's hard when you're having growing feelings with them.
0: Yeah, how can you? yeah? And and I I, feel
1: I, that a I think
2: lot. I'm glad it came in this order because I think it's very reminiscent of Tegan and Sarah's "I like, can't be your friend." Yep. You know, can you be friends mm. after a romantic yep. relationship yep. Yep. ends? Um, vocally. She's starting to get grating on me. It's a little annoying. Really, this is like my favorite vocal like performance. A little like rambling and whiny, kind of. And the music is definitely a highlight, and I think that's the
0: case so far
2: from what we've heard.
1: Okay,
0: so I'll go with you on one thing. She does have a tendency to go into uh, this, uh, like, uh, yeah. Uh, what I call like riffing, like meandering vocal melodies. Uh, yeah, uh, 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 but she does showcase a pretty exceptional range. No, she, she gets does down definitely. deep yeah, low for yeah. her for her voice. His i agree friends. <laughs> that's my impression
2: it's um, solid
0: uh back to black
2: title the, track title track of this album <laughs> uh mark ronson is phenomenal at mimicking styles and making you think you've heard a song that he just composed like a minute ago yeah um That's exactly what it sounds like. He just does it so. I mean, he continues to do that. It's that instant classic. Bruno Mars and Miley Cyrus, like those
0: different styles. Like you don't forget those songs before, like Shallows and that stuff. Lady Gaga stuff Mm. that he did on that album are like some of the biggest hits of all time. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, I really like the different things black and symbolize in this album. Uh, This this song too. Uh, it could be depression, it could be the death of a relationship, yep. it could be her alcoholism. Um, yeah, I got
2: all of that from that, too.
1: Yeah, uh, possibly black tar heroin, which apparently she had a problem with.
0: Yeah, it's... Uh... Oh, she did?
1: <laughs> um, I, I, I pretty much read about her like after this. Uh, I knew a little bit of how she passed away, but... um. Yeah, definitely a really dark song, a lot of dark imagery. It's so sad. Like the, yeah.
0: I know sad is a simple word, but that's like the best way to describe it. It's, it is. It's heartbreaking that there's this breakup, and he gets to go back to his previous girlfriend and live this fun, nice life, and she has to go back to black. Yeah. We don't know what that is. Is it, like Jimmy said, drugs, depression, anxiety, yeah. addiction? Mm-hmm. Um, Or just you, being alone. Like
2: even, yeah. if, even if you take out her actual personal life, just having nothing yeah, could and be the black.
1: Um, this is another one, too, that had strings in it. Like I was talking about how a strings in a pop song is usually not my thing, but I think they fit very well in this song.
0: And just the bridge, how it cuts to halftime, mm-hmm. and she sounds, it's this echoey moaning of the word black. Mm-hmm. She's just falling apart. There's nothing left to say. Yeah. Um, what do you guys think of the fact that this is the title track? I think it puts sort of a dark...
1: Yeah. Like it does. Paul on the Especially album.
0: Especially for um a mainstream pop album that yeah. pumped a lot of money into marketing. Is yeah, this saying, album could have
1: been easily called a rehab because that's the big pop song. You
0: exactly. Know? Yeah. And and it could have had more of an upbeat vibe, but yeah. she's saying like the whole album, she's going back to black. It's like it's dark. Yeah.
1: So Love is a losing game. Boy, do I feel ya, Amy. Uh, <laughs> this song is incredibly sad. Uh, doing a little bit of research about her failed marriage and how she kind of uh, elevates it and puts it on a pedestal when it's clearly not good and um, uh, not good enough to make it work.
2: And uh, going back to what Jimmy said, there's a full
0: orchestral backing. Yeah. And she's, she's kind of like a crooner in this song.
2: It's very old fashioned
0: yeah and she's done some stuff with like Tony Bennett and you could definitely hear that oh like, she has oh he's a huge fan of hers he's like she's the quintessential I that. Uh, female voice Because Tony Bennett and Lady Gaga's album is pretty good yeah is it? yeah um this song has such a good groove too mm-hmm. I was wondering Jeff hasn't mentioned it yet but Jeff Baselines in this album. It is no,
2: and I mean, I didn't say that specifically. Baselines for days. But the baselines are very good, and that goes to the like the reggae feel, the dub yeah. feel, all that old yeah. Motown feel. And Mark Ronson does really well. And I mean, even City and Colour, his new album has some bomb baselines.
1: I agree. If you yeah. guys
0: are talked into this album, you've got to look up on YouTube. There's some really well produced live stuff where she performs with the Dap Kings, who is the band oh. on this oh, album. Oh, okay. that's cool. And it is. Oh, so yeah. it is a band that back there, not just studio musicians. Yeah. I think I mentioned in the first half, um, Sharon, is it Sharon King or Sharon Jones? Sharon Jones, I think is, um, like a soul R and B singer. And she's very well known for having this band, the Dap Kings. Okay. And they are who Mark Ronson turned to for the instrumentation on this album. Nice.
2: nice. Uh, so tears on their own. It tears ca- dry on their own. Oh, oh yes. Tears dry on their own. <laughs> um, yeah. It kind of sounds like Ain't No Mountain High.
0: And, oh, I wrote down the exact and same this, thing. This goes back to Mark well, Bronson like, mimicking the style, but making it his own. Me interrupt there. It is Ain't No Mountain High. Oh, is it? It's oh. the exact music. Okay, so that's why it that sounds makes exactly sense. like that. <laughs> um, but it's also like
2: uh, t- a lot of these songs, too, but this one in particular, they got a Teddy Pendergrass feel, which is really weird for uh, a 20-something-year-old white girl from England to be like
0: pulling off this Teddy Pendergrass vibe. Um, it's like a weird remix idea that she just has not only new lyrics but new vocal melodies and the way she does the phrasing of the lyrics I actually like the chorus is better than the ain't no mountain high yeah. enough she's like you walked away I don't know she's literally like coming in after the original choruses did on each line it's cool I think it's really catchy yeah I really yeah, like and, the music
2: and I mean thematically you're recouping after a breakup it's just following this theme that this album has
0: yeah um i'm gonna I, go on record here guys you could tell me if you agree or disagree but it's a bop oh it's a bop
2: uh there, there are bops on this album i don't know if this one oh, oh okay
1: um um i i like the, the line i'll be some next man's other woman soon um <laughs> that's a super sad thing to actually, think of yourself
2: <laughs> yeah and i did like laugh at that because it's very clever
1: yeah mm. it is clever but also incredibly sad
2: yes wake up alone it's a very 1950s like teen love vibe. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Brings I, me back to that swanky club.
2: Yeah, the background ooze and ahs uh, musically. I really
1: like this one. Mm-hmm. Um, I can picture her singing singing into like an old style ribbon microphone with this. Yeah,
2: and she's just this whole thing is she's trying to keep her mind busy to avoid negative thoughts. Negative thoughts, drug use, knowing who she is, negative thoughts, thinking of an ex, thinking of whatever, just just keeping your mind busy. But that's with anything, even if there's nothing bad going on in your life, like humans, they want to do something. They need to be stimulated. I'm looking at racks and racks of DVDs (laughs) and Blu-rays, and we're recording a podcast for people to keep their brains busy. Like just staring
0: at a wall doesn't help any person. Nobody wants to do that. To me, this one, the lyrics are the most autobiographical when you hear about the relationship that she's reflecting on at this time. This is someone who um, is longing for someone, mm-hmm. but also fully understands that it's an unhealthy relationship. Yeah. So it's it's an interesting parallel to substance abuse. She's addicted to this person, but she knows it's bad for her. Mm-hmm. So it's I really like this one. I think that the lyrics are some of the most poignant on the album. And then we get into some unholy war. What'd you guys think of this one?
1: Back to those uh, low bass rhythm paired with her uh, old style voice. I don't know. I just love the combination of those two.
2: Yeah, I don't have anything new to add to this that I didn't already say. Yeah. It's a pretty pretty standard song for this album. Um, You know, again, it's emotional about being in a relationship, standing by your partner no matter what. I think her even if they happen to be in
0: the wrong, I think her voice stands out on this. I think it's a really nice performance.
1: Yeah. It it reminds me of um, I don't know if you two have heard of but postmodern jukebox. Yes. Which uh, remind me a lot of them, which were probably inspired by Amy Winehouse.
0: Yeah. You hear a lot, especially since she sadly passed away. There's a Mm -hmm. lot of people sort of like harshing her style. I I get
2: into that in my uh, overall Overall thoughts. thoughts. Yeah. So we'll get back to that. Yeah. Um. He can only hold her. This was very Fugees esque, like Lauren Hill, which is like Roberta Flack esque. Um I get Smokey Robinson. Yeah, it's that whole like era. I mean, like there's like a thirty year window of music that this album emulates. Mm-hmm. Um, so like not it might not be too specific towards like the 50s or the 70s but like that whole era mm-hmm. and i think it was done really well and i mean that's what the fugees did too in the 90s they were hearkening back to that era as well but more hip-hop and that's
0: an interesting callback because they definitely do the thing with the drums and the bass too
1: right yeah i like the story of this one it's kind of like finding somebody to occupy them while you're still like longing for somebody else Right.
2: And and are those feelings of the past ruining your current relationship and holding you back from actually inviting somebody into your life? Exactly.
0: And she's got so much pain and so much turmoil and, and so much just contention inside of her no man can contain it. And I mean, even yeah. going back like these three albums we said are like perfect for this episode,
2: but going back to city and color, how I mentioned like you're in your thirties, but you have all this history. She was 27 when her life ended Yeah, and she wrote this earlier and she already had all this history and all this stuff
1: happened to her. Yeah. She probably wrote a lot of it when she was my age. You
0: now, know? now I'm getting a pretty positive vibe from you guys, but I don't <laughs> know. But all I'm going to say is it's one thing to know of her just from pop culture and be right. like, Oh, it's sad that she died young, but if you're as into this as I am, and you see that um she was a real artist and a real talent, yeah. it's really sad that she died from her own self-inflicted issues. Yeah. It is. Um, And then we get to the album closer. Addicted. Addicted. This, uh, musically and vocally, I think was the least
2: inspiring song on in the album, or at least inspired song. Um, She just, she wants weed. Um, (laughs) I don't know if there's anything deeper than that. She just wants to get high. I'm not going to dig too deep. I think it's pretty obvious. It's about people who smoke your stuff and never provide. Yeah. Yeah. I think this would have been like a funny song. Uh, Maybe if she hadn't died from drug abuse or if it was in
0: the middle of the album. Agree. Uh, Even I feel that this is not an appropriate closer to an album that has so much depth. Yeah. I I like the song a lot and I would love to hear it as like a fourth track on an album. This is the 11th song. This would have been a solid 10 song album. I don't even think you needed to have it. Yeah. I um, disagree. I think it's a nice juxtaposition to rehab. It, it, it gives a little buoyancy. Obviously you can't even have this buoyancy because you're reflecting on her death. But when she was alive and this album was issued, don't forget rehab and addicted. were like funny.
1: Yeah. She's a yeah.
0: party girl. Yeah. And like Jeff said, you know, it's about, um, her telling off a friend for bringing around her boyfriend who smokes all her weed. Yeah. Um, I love the, um, so I can get mine and you get yours. Like she's yeah. doing some funny lyric thing.
1: Yeah. It was definitely an ode to marijuana. It kind of reminds me of got to get you into my life by the Beatles, but way less subtle. Yeah. And, uh, kind of funny, pretty fun to listen to, but I do agree. It's a pretty weak closer. It also
0: does, does have a dark edge in retrospect because yeah. the general consensus that she comes to at the end of the song is that she would rather be alone with weed yeah. than surrounded by friends. Yeah. So obviously she had some issues. Right. Yeah.
2: Um, Overall thoughts. um, I'm trying to put myself back in like 2005 and I'm wondering, did she popularize the weird faux folk nasally vocals women have been using in the 2010s? Like, especially with the popularization Mm. of shows like the voice where there's a lot of like singer songwriter types and they all have that kind of like, I can't describe, not even so much Adele. It's, I can't really describe it. It's a lot more of like the, I don't know, you you, you know,
0: you know the voice. I don't know. It's kind of like just at. like
2: this nasally and I don't have
0: any, any examples of You'd have to head. throw out some examples for me. But I'll have to get back to you guys. I don't <laughs> think like the one thing that you did mention that she can get a little much on, especially when you see her live is the like vocal riffing, the right. meandering. Mm. She didn't popularize that. That was, no, that's been that. around since like the nineties. Um, like i said but
2: it's, it's kind of like that 1920s to 1930s like nasally mm. voice that women uh used to sing and that disappeared for many decades and it has been back pretty strong in like singer-songwriter acoustic kind of things i, I mean, don't know i mean even like what you like with that folk boom kind of like that pop folk boom with like um lumineers and stuff yeah things like that or like edward sharp Like those kind of female vocals in that type of music.
0: I think that she definitely popularized a return to traditionalism, Mm -hmm. which is reflected in people like Adele. And, uh, you know, there's definitely other ones that I'm having trouble calling to mind. But um, I think she popularized that. And I think Mm -hmm. that between her partnership with Mark Ronson, that's what was revolutionary about it. Because if you listen to her first album, Frank, you're not getting that. That's pretty much a straightforward modern R&B hip-hop album. Mm -hmm.
1: So you guys have any other overall thoughts on Back to Black? Um, I do. I'm going to make a statement here. Oh, boy. Uh This album is timeless. Oh. You can listen to this album 60 years ago, 60 years into the future. You will appreciate you. it
2: only in that 120 year time frame, <laughs> not a minute before or a minute after.
1: No, I think it's great. Um, the, um, the, the partnership between her strong vocals and the really good instrumentation in the back are just definitely put it over the top for me. Um, I think her lyrics are good too. It's her lyrics are great too. It's
0: hard to write in a modern manner of speaking and also have like the depth, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, mm-hmm. She's using modern terminology and slang, but it doesn't
1: sound cheesy. Exactly, Throwing yeah. It sounds timeless. Yeah. yeah. Uh, her struggles with addiction are pretty prominent in this album, and it's definitely the self-awareness in th- that kind of shows in it. And, and she also finds
0: this interesting correlation between her struggles with addiction and sh- her struggles with this relationship. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it feels to me like a post-breakup album and um, how she can't get over whomever she was trying to.
0: And they did wind up back together.
1: Did they? Interesting.
0: They were on again, off again.
1: Mm. So,
0: I think the time has come to find out: Are we going back to black? <laughs> Jeff and Jimmy, did I talk you into back to black by Amy Winehouse?
1: Yes. yes.
2: Wow! Perfect roundtable. Had round table. this been an Amy Winehouse episode, I would have said no. But you talked me into the album produced by Mark Ronson as performed by, I just learned the Dap Kings. Yeah. Um, Musically. I think this is incredible. Um, Lyrically. I think it's okay. And vocally, I think it's okay. I'm, I'm not really into the sound of her voice. Mm. Oh, really? Um,
0: Yeah. I love it.
2: Yeah. I I wasn't too into that. And um, I did, I didn't listen to this too much. I listened to it three times once just to hear it once to take notes and once on my way here and it almost turned into a no on my way here, but it is good. Like it's it's unavoidably good. Um, I don't know. It
1: was fine. I like it a lot. Uh, I'm surprised you never tried to talk me into this. Pre talk me into.
2: He tried with me. Like when yeah. it first came out, it's hard. He was, he was digging it hard
0: then. Uh, you know, she's not in the cultural zeitgeist anymore. <laughs> really, we were just it's talking sad.
1: before we were before we were recording how Dan uses that phrase a lot.
0: People forget how big this album was and how good it is, and they're just wrapped up in her death, sadly. The documentary was about her death primarily and her downward trajectory, and I think if you take a step back and you look at it as just an album, it's an incredible album. And in the last several years since she died, however long it was, 10 years or whatever-
2: I think I, I had that rehab thing stuck in my head and I was like, this album just idolizes this, what led to her downfall.
0: Yeah. And
2: mm-hmm. I, I couldn't get behind that. Listening to it now, I've changed my mind. I see that, you know, I know that addiction is a struggle of uh, something I fortunately have never had to deal with, mm-hmm. but for a lot of people, that's not the case. And I think that this can be very helpful to people who may be struggling with things like this to listen to and maybe see like, I'm not the only one. Um, this happened to this person, but I don't want to end up like her. And I think that message is great,
0: um, aside from the music just being phenomenal. Yeah, I think Back to Black is one of the truest expressions of that that we have in pop music. Um, I'm glad you guys were talked into it.
2: Yeah. Wow. Our last record roundtable was very divisive. This one was just yes,
0: yes, 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 yes. Yeah, and the albums sort of fit together in a nice way. Yeah, they they, did. did. Uh,
2: It wasn't planned at all. I mean, we said it several times, but it's just... Eerie, how well they work
0: together, yeah, you know, in their own weird way. It's so different. You could listen so to all similar. three of these albums like on a car trip. And- oh, I did many times <laughs> yeah. in the last few weeks, yeah,
1: yeah, you definitely could. I like it. Some well, boys. guys,
2: we went from a very emotional, almost Valentine's Day episode, <laughs> and we're, we're gonna transition into the spooky these next two episodes. Oh, yeah,
0: we're getting spooktacular, yeah. So, in two
2: weeks. Not, not to jump ahead, Dan, but in two weeks, we're doing some Haunt Me Into. Haunt Me Into. It's another roundtable, but it's spooky themed. And we're going to get more into that next week. Yeah. But Dan, what are we talking about uh, next week?
0: Next week, I am talking you and Jimmy and the audience into a very interesting series that aired on Hulu Okay. called Castle Rock. Ooh, that's that Stephen King
1: one, isn't it? Is that
2: with the Muppets who wear like (laughs) armor like knights? Nope, that's Fraggle Rock. Oh, I thought it was
0: just set in a castle.
1: (laughs) Imagine if Stephen King made a Muppet show. That would be awesome. (laughs) That would be dope.
0: So Castle Rock is one of those shows that when you hear the conceit, like what I'm about to tell you now, you're going to think, that's not going to be good. (laughs) Basically, Hulu got the rights to Stephen King ideas. I don't know how they possibly pulled this off, but... They did not get the rights to adapt any of Stephen King's specific books, but they okay. got the rights to characters, locations, and themes, possibly. For Castle Rock, because they did have that JFK time travel show. Yeah, but that was specific to that, okay. that book. Yeah. What I'm talking about is they got this very weird rights thing, and Stephen King was into this, and it's produced by J.J. J. Abrams, you know, Bad Robot. Ooh. Um, It is, I forget what the term is, but- it's one of those shows like American Horror Story or Fargo, where each season is a separate Oh, so story it's line. an anthology, anthology, but the Thank season you. is a story. Exactly. Okay. Um, is there a second season yet? The second season will be debuting shortly after the Castle Rock episode drops. Oh. Like it's almost like it. you planned it. Yes. So, Castle Rock season one. Rock. Uh, like I said. <laughs> <laughs> now, Castle Rock, for those who don't know. That's Castle Rock. <laughs> Well, we'll get more specific next Dracula. episode, but uh, Castle Rock is one of Stephen King's fictitious locations in Maine that he likes to write about, mm. and the series, season one, involves some characters from his existing works and some definitely some themes. It has a ve- They did a really good job of making it feel like Stephen King without being an existing Stephen King That's story. That's interesting,
2: because I, I mean, obviously I'm aware of Stephen King as he's been a part of the cultural zeitgeist mm-hmm. for decades, but I don't know, like... I'm I'm not like deep into his work, so I don't really I might not get the references, Mm. so I hope that I I enjoy the show.
0: Yeah, well I think you will enjoy it. Um I don't think you need to get the references. Number one, like I'm I've read a bunch of Stephen King and I enjoy it. To me, I didn't pick out all the little Easter eggs I've read afterwards. Um but anyways, I think you'll just feel the Stephen King vibe. Even from just seeing Stephen King movies and stuff like that. Um, Jimmy, I know you've read a little bit. I think you guys are going to really enjoy it. Um, I've considered giving you the whole season, but that could be a bit of a slog. Um, What I'm suggesting we watch are the first four episodes of season one of Castle Rock.
1: Not bad. Okay.
0: Like I said, it's airing on Hulu. Um, The season is nice to watch. If you guys are into it and you have time, keep watching because it does tell a complete story in one season. Um, And they're moving on to a completely different story in season two. So yeah, next episode check out episodes 1 through 4 of Castle Rock season 1 on Hulu. Jimmy, where can people find us online?
1: They can find us at Talk Me Into on Twitter and Talk Me Into on Facebook. And if you really 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 like us, you can find us on Patreon, patreon.com/talkmeinto. Consider supporting your boys. We're going to be getting some money and we can give you some stuff. It'll be nice. We have exclusive Talk You Into episodes that we're going to be doing at some point clear that throat jimmy everybody's <laughs> voice is just degrading i know just a lot so of talking yeah going to be.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's dry outside dry oatmeal dry oatmeal
1: <laughs> <laughs> jimmy where can they find you personally oh they can find me at son of a fitch don't throw in that extra N. You won't find me. It's another <laughs> Jeff, where can people find you online? You can find
2: me on Instagram at Large Hard-On Collider or on Twitter at jefffff 27 Dan, how about yourself?
0: You could find me on the Twitters. Both of them? Yes. All three of them? Not How the many third. are there? Not There's the two Twitters. There's three Twitters, but three I'm only Twitters on Twitter. You're two. only on the first two? Yes. Okay. Danny underscore Breakdown. And you could email me at talkmeinto at gmail.com. Because I read uh, it. That's, that's our email. I read it first, though. I always do. I'm not logged into it. I'm on that email life. Mm. Wow.
1: I guess if you feel so
0: inclined, you should do that. Yeah. I mean, in the meantime,
2: thanks. For listening to Talk Me Into, what will we talk you into next? Into Halloween. Spooky. Mm. It's Jeffrey Krueger's coming back. The joke two people will understand.